1: Welcome back. It's the Recovery Short up Podcast. I am Jason, a guy who is interested in healing no matter what way it comes.
0: And I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. I'm
2: Caroline. I'm also a person in long-term recovery.
1: And today we have Denise with us. Hi, Denise.
3: Hi, everybody.
1: And uh, we're going to talk about sound healing as a more specific version of this, but maybe holistic healing somewhat in general, you know, to include some other practices that maybe have felt good. but that's why we have denise here denise is here to tell us more about sound healing and i will turn it right over to her and let her give us the the version of her story she's comfortable with that tells us how she got to here where she knows about sound healing so go for it denise
3: hi i'm denise i'm denise a and i have been in long-term recovery for maybe seven days that will be 36 years so i'm pretty proud of that and um so, you know, my journey with holistic healing started a long time ago. And I think even probably before um, I entered into recovery, I think there was a, a knowing that something was unsettled within me and uh, searching um, even at that time, searching for really to heal myself. And so, you know, once I got into recovery and I began this journey, my foundation is in the twelve-step fellowship, but there were some things that happened to me along the way where I just—I still felt—and I wrote—and I wrote some notes, and I do some reading whenever I like talk or share with people. And so everything that I've done holistically, or really anything I've ever done in my life, has been driven by my madness, or my insanity, or my misguidedness, or have been lost. And somehow in the darkness of myself, I have like awoken and found myself doing things that I never even heard of. Um, and so back in 1995 or 94, like I began this journey. So at that point, I'm at eight or nine years clean. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm. I'm doing well. I'm staying clean. I'm sponsoring people. I'm helping people. And I find myself, Um, in a trauma center for women. And, um, and through that journey, I was making a collage and I decided that I was going to quit this corporate world that I was living in. And I was going to go and be a massage therapist. And I didn't really know what that meant. Um, I just, it kind of came up in a picture. And so that's what I did. And my family was like, "What? crazy. There she goes. Here she goes. What is this recovery thing? So that's what I did. And I went to the Palmer School of Massage. And when I what I entered into was a lifelong journey that I started to hear things like energy, vibration, healing, movement. Um that we were, that I was more than just a physical existence. I started to study that on a much deeper level. And through that, I became introduced to many modalities. I started to learn about chakras, which are energy systems. And I began to, um, on this wonderful journey, Reiki, I'm a Reiki master. So I do a lot of work with energy and then, um, somewhere along the line, I, um, I became a yoga teacher. I did a 500 train hour training and, um, it's kind of odd. I was really thinking about this, that my brother is a musician and so is my daughter. My daughter's a music has a master's of music. My brother's been a musician all his life and um I had been searching, like I had tried. I couldn't read music, like it just wasn't connecting with me. But there was this searching, this inner like something was missing. And um and so when I became a yoga teacher, I really what how sound started for me was I wanted to learn how to teach people to chant and sing. And that the vibration of my own vibration was what began my interest in sound healing. Because we all have that. It's not something we have to buy. It's not something that we have to search for. It's We, we, we don't have to go very far. It's right within us. And I began to take some singing classes and mantra and Sanskrit. And I began to vibrate with my own sound and then i ended up in a sound healing workshop and i was in the meditation i was laying on the floor the person was playing the himalayan bowls and i knew with certainty that i was going to learn how to incorporate that into my journey and so that's how i ended up getting certified i went to a school in boulder colorado i'm certified through mom booty um in, the, in Himalayan bowl sound healing, but it's so much bigger than that. It's so much bigger. And when it comes down to the very, like the pinnacle of it all, it's really about our own vibrations and our own healing, our own sound. And so I can give you a little demonstration and then I'm going to throw it back to you guys. So this one I took from my daughter because she also does a lot of work with healing trauma and sand, with sound vibrations and things like And so these are tingshaws. And so in a perfect world, right, in the perfect world, our vibration would go like this. It would have a beginning, a middle, and an end. It would rise and peak and fall, and we would all be happy little people. But that's not what happens. So we start out our vibration, we do our meditation, and we're like, oh, yes, we're good. Right, and then somebody, somebody like cuts us off in traffic. And we, and then our boss yells at us because we're late. And then I will get a call because our kids aren't here. And then we start to... and we, we shut it down. And so when we use sound, whether it's external sound or internal sound, the idea is that we are all vibration. We are made of vibration, and it's basically it's not working good for me this morning so it's and to stop that and to come back to homeostasis or a place of balance where our internal external vibrations they rise they peak and they fall and you can see how that feels just when you think about it
1: just just thinking through that idea denise um You know, I'm picturing this, this old thing where like soldiers used to march across the countryside to get to the battles. Right. And they would, they all march in step. And yet if you march over a bridge, you can't march in step. You break step before you cross the bridge because all the steps, all the vibrations of the same steps at the same time will actually crumble the bridge. Um, and so I was just thinking about that. And when you were describing that sound healing idea of like what our vibration is supposed to do, right? It's supposed to have that beginning, and then, the, you know, quote unquote, we, we kind of feel or experience the middle and then it ends, right? But if you don't end and you have all these random different kind of vibrations going on because we can't express them in our world and they all get inside, I, I'm like picturing those soldiers right. walking across the bridge, right? With all these different vibrations, how it might, I don't know, just topple us or make us feel... Uh, you know, not whole, I guess.
3: So, Jason, I've never imagined soldiers walking across the bridge. So, thank you for taking that in a different direction. How you know, so I think what happens is, and I think we can all relate to having experienced the altering of our vibrations where we get her up and we're having a good day and we feel zen, but then we start clanging, just like the ting shawls, right? And then maybe even at some point we shut down. And so I think what's really important is that being aware of it, being aware that I am vibration, being aware that other people are vibration. Because then what happens is, is then you have us all clanging together. And you ever walk into a room and you're like, wow, they're vibrating really high. Or wow, that feels. So we can feel also other people's vibrations. And so... I do every single day at least something to check in. And I don't always consciously think I'm checking my vibration, but I'll do a breathing meditation or humming. So humming, brahmari it's an ancient technique where people hum. its I do that when I teach meditation or introduction to meditation or introduction to sound healing, where it's just simply humming. There's a lot of information on the internet about that. It's something that, like I said, we have access to. We have access to it in our car. We have access everywhere. So, And we've done that since little children, right? You'll see people humming because it's very soothing and, and it has a lot of... Um, medicinal benefits as well um so taking time out first of all to acknowledge that we have vibration and secondly to say okay so where is my vibration and thirdly is there something at this time that i can do to adjust and make that vibration flow have a more even rise peak and fall have i settled in you know and in recovery we do inventory and that's part of it taking that inventory
1: so just as a at a base level caroline and billy have either you ever done a sound meditation because i i have done it twice i both times i said i don't know if that put me in a very deep like brainwave state or if i took a nap i'm not sure but either way i feel amazing leaving and I was just curious, have either of you ever had a sound bath meditation or anything? So, yeah.
2: yeah, so I actually uh, did a session with Denise, which is what prompted uh, all of this. When when she invited me, I was like, that would be an amazing topic for the show. So that was a couple months ago that I got to go down to Denise's house and lay on the floor of her living room on a yoga mat and, uh, and do a sound healing uh, meditation experience. And it was amazing. And I, um, as someone who really doesn't have experience with any of this i don't know that i walked away from that saying oh well my vibrations are aligned um or if it was just simply the matter of you know uh, relaxing for an hour i it but but i walked out of there just feeling so relaxed it was such a great experience something i would absolutely do again um yeah i mean there was the one i think the thing that i like the most for for anyone who's done this before at, at one point denise would like put the bowls on you and then you are, like, truly feeling the vibration. And that was just, that was really cool. Um, and I've tried to, Denise, when you, were, when you were leading that, I think one of the things you said was, you know, if, you, if your mind starts to wander, come back to ride the, the sound, the waves of the sound, was, was what you said. And I've used that now a few times just in other meditations that I've done to try to, you know, that was really helpful for me in terms of trying to stay, uh, in the moment. Um, so I really liked that.
0: And we did some, I call it sound meditation with a therapist actually, who would do like some therapy and then there would be the mantras, like you would do chanting, Mm -hmm. uh, certain Sanskrit chants that he would do with like incense and some music. And it was pretty fascinating. I've done that I'm gonna say a handful of times. Was
1: it any of that uh, that VU that VU sound? Because I've heard of that one.
0: So these were old Sanskrit mantras that they I'm sure meant something, but he would say it had to do with like the specific sounds and the vibrations that were thousands of years old, and these vibrations were healing you know, in some way. I'm sure I'm totally bitching up his way better explanation at the time. I had never heard anything like that, so I was fascinated at the time. I'm like, okay. My wife started going to him because she was trying to quit smoking, and so he specifically dealt with addiction, and he did that through, like, say it would be like a half-hour therapy, then a half-hour of meditation, and then we just went to see him because she – found it so interesting. We went to see him a couple other times for different things and would do the meditation as part of that. We took our kids and our kids got to experience it as well. So,
1: Denise, how was Billy's uh, explanation there? Did that sound (laughs) spot on or do you want to clean it up some?
3: Well, I think you made some great points. So Sanskrit, I think when you talk about chanting in Sanskrit, it takes us way back. The thing most profound about talking about that is that what we're searching for is not new. Thousands and thousands of years ago, the human being has been trying to quiet the mind. The human being has tried been trying to balance the, the vibration, the insanity. And using sound is part, is part of it, right? Because we can use sound, we can use breath, we can use um movement, um silence. Silence is as important as sound. So that so they so when I play the bowls. What a lot of people might not know and, and um is that not only is the sound important, but it's the space between the sound and how you ring them out. So sometimes people go to sound healings and they're like I felt agitated and and it's a practice. sometimes it's it's ringing us up a little bit. but the way that I do it is the sound between the the, the silence between the sound is where people go deeper even. It's like a, that's why it's like a ringing out of following the sound. And there goes my phone. But um, I also, so when I'm a massage therapist, and I've been doing that for 27 years, but I use the sound bowls in private sessions with people where I just do the sound healing. I put the bowls on their body. I move the bowls around their body and also do it individually. So not just, it's not just a group healing it can be done one-on-one with people and that's mostly how i work um i do a few times at my house maybe before the pandemic i was doing it probably 10 times a year at different places but since the pandemic i'm doing it two or three times a year but um panting is amazing and sanskrit there's something about that language, and I'm far from an expert on it, but there's something about this, the the vowels and the vibration of it that has, like, a perfect pitch. I um, mean, there's a lot of research about that, using it with autistic children and different things like that. I mean, so, yeah. So, you did pretty good, Billy. You just <laughs> Thank you. your experience of it. And, it, you know, it triggered me to, like, realize that, yes, yeah, it's the beginning of time, this is I don't know, somehow when I got clean and in recovery, I thought this was new. Like, we were the only people who were searching. And that is, like, so far from the truth because by going out and and um, and studying, right, because I'm a student, I'm an obsessed student. And just prior to coming in here, I was listening to something called Flow Speaking. I think it's a guy named David Rock. And so he was like prepping me to speak and he was giving me these tips and I was like, yes, I just found. So my life is a driving force of who I am and the, text, the techniques that I use to have a better life and to have a happier soul, which can be very challenging in this, in this world.
1: It, it reminded me when you were talking there about the uh, the space in between the sound, a couple of books I've read, um, both sort of Buddhist philosophy type books, but they, they talk about this idea of like how much space is in the universe, right? And like, yeah, we, we look at like the parts that are there, like the planets as being the important parts, and yet it's all this space, so much space between them, and it related that to sound, and like it talked about during meditative practices, trying to listen to what's beneath the sound right like the space or the silence that existed before the sound could come and be on top of it and i don't know something about that idea always like really pulled me in this idea of trying to find the emptiness that is underlying everything else we've put on top of it and something about that uh uh, i don't know i guess just speaks to me or or feels nice and, and maybe that's what i was picking up on when you were talking about the space between the sounds
3: i think also too um So I I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of lectures, conferences, summits, um, just because I'm constantly learning. But the one thing that I'm pretty sure about is that I know people sell an idea of like, this is the way. And what I have found is that there are many ways. And so I, I can do the sound healing over here. And then, you know, next week I might go, like I did Vipassana and I sat in silence for, you know 10 days or i'm going off to learn about how to quiet the mind like there are many ways and i i, I don't use just one i'm i don't know maybe i just need more help or more support but i um I feel like holistically the world is vast, right i mean i just went to a drum circle that was amazing there was after not only where we were we sounding we were dancing and chanting and we put them all together all the sounds together like it's amazing like there's so much sound and there's so much silence there's so much so many ways to step away from our suffering step away from our grief step away from our loss I personally have all those things going on in my life. And so I need to surround myself with, surround myself with places that are healing and uplifting and loving constantly, like not weekly, not monthly, but like daily, like, and wherever I find that, you know, and I I like to, to, so I like to say like, what is my mission? My mission is to help people find their joy, to help people find just a glimmer of peace not the not the whole picture just a little bit and you know a lot of like i don't really call myself a healer even though i work with people a lot i like to think of myself as a facilitator of healing like i create a space and a place where people can come and go inside and find their own place to heal and isn't that what really recovery is about Mm
1: One of the questions i want to ask um and i don't know if this is pertinent to sound healing necessarily but i feel like you came in uh from what i understand of your story and and you kind of addressed the recovery portion first and then found these as you know i don't know if you call them add-ins or or you know complementary uh practices along with it do you feel like these would have greatly helped you or impacted your life or recovery had you been able to be introduced to them early on and or maybe if that's not the case how do you feel like these would help maybe newer members who are just finding recovery now if they could be introduced to these kind of things early in their recovery program would that be extremely useful or maybe they're just not useful practices until later on or how do you feel about that
3: i think it's a complicated question i think that um I think the danger is that going off and thinking that this is recovery. Hmm. And so when I, like, I just, I just did um, yoga and I did a, a yoga workshop and a meditation workshop at a convention um, a couple of weeks ago. And I'm, and I'm always clear when I do that, this is not narcotics anonymous. This is not a 12 step fellowship. This is not what keeps me clean. This is like an, like an, I don't know. It's, it, it's part of me now. It's my whole, it's part of my recovery, but it's not what keeps me clean. Because what I found is that my my 12-step fellowship keeps me clean, right? And so, you know, could I have got misled? And then ended up because, you know, I mean, people could end up doing all kinds of things out there in this holistic world, like psychedelics and like that, all that's off the table for me. Like, I cannot use no matter what. And so uh, I'm, I mean, the steps, you know, when you get to 11th step and I don't have in our literature in the Narcotics Anonymous literature, it talks about that we have the freedom to go. We're supported to go and find these um, other spiritual avenues and experience different things. But, you know, for me, it always comes back to that. It's a fine line. And I think for me, it's, It's not where I stay clean, period. Okay. So I am like all in my recovery, and this is part of who who I am. But I'm like all in this too, but I can't let – neither one can go. I need them. I need it it all. But if something had to go, I'd be sitting in a meeting. You can find silence and meditation there. You can find all the things that that you – I could find everything I need there, I guess, in a certain way. Um, it's, that's a really challenging question. And I think, you know, yeah, if I'd have found it sooner, maybe some of my journey, I might not have ended up in a trauma center, but maybe, you know, the trauma, the trauma center led me where I needed to be. So, you know, I, I admitted myself to a trauma center because I didn't want to use. And what I did was I, I opened up an opportunity for me to find deeper healing.
1: Mm. What do you think has inspired you along the way as you've done these practices? Um, you talked about the yoga, you talked about the sound healing, and there might have been another one I can't remember. But what inspired you to, once you had tried them and felt like they were useful for your life, to go and be a practitioner or someone who facilitates these these kind of things? like? You could have just said, I I just want to go and, you know, do these practices the rest of my life. Not necessarily I want to teach them. Or was it just the desire to learn it better for yourself? Or or did you have a strong pull to like want to share this with others?
3: I think the massage therapy was looking for a way to support myself in a better way. So that was triggered. Like I was in a non-knowing. I just was, you know, I went to my job and I, you know, want to take off to get my daughter's soccer game and they're like, you don't have any more time off. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm going to start my own business. It kind of was from being a rebel sort of, but I think the rest of it, like I went to yoga training um, because I just loved being a student and it was more affordable than college. So I just was looking for a place to learn and I loved the practice and I never really had any intentions of, of, um, of teaching. And then I started teaching. I still don't teach a lot. Like, I teach private lessons in my home. I have a yoga studio room in my home. Like, I do everything from my home. And I, I, you know, um, I facilitated retreats for a really long time, um, pre-pandemic. So I think it's just been motivated by my own wanting to learn more. And then it grew from there. And then, yeah, just from wanting to to do better, to be better, to, sometimes it's driven by my pain. Like I took death and dying, a course, in death and dying because I had loss in my life. So it's usually motivated by what is happening in my life. You know, like I was going through a divorce. So I went and took a, you know, a course on conflict resolution. Like I, that's just who I am. I'm a student of the world.
1: With, when it comes to sound healing in specific, are there, more than one modality of sound healing like is there different approaches to it or or maybe just even different instruments that can be used at different times for maybe different means do you want to talk a little bit about that
3: yeah so i think there's all i think you know the there's the um, you know the metal bowls there's crystal bowls but then incorporating into that i mean you have you have like um i have wind chimes, and I have a gong, and um, my daughter, when we do groups, she sings and chants. Um, She plays the Shruti box, which is another instrument, so other instruments can be brought in. The flute is a beautiful instrument that's part of sound healing. Obviously, I talked about drum circling is another, like sometimes you could even have like drumming in the background, or you could go full drumming, it's a different experience. Um, Singing singing is sound healing, humming is sound healing, vibration um, like I have like this rain, I, all kinds of things make sound um, and again it, when it comes back to me personally is that when all else fails I know that I have my own internal sound And uh, and people I have found are uncomfortable with their own personal sound like but it's something that we all should, I think I just can't express enough how people should utilize their own sound. You know, I was humming and chanting before um, I all doing It just has something to my heart. And you can also move sound through your body. So when you use your physical sound, like if you go really deep, it's like the lower chakras because sound healing and i'm not a whole other topic the chakras but so if you go really low it's deep in our grounding and if you go really high it's up in the spiritual realm of our being so um i practice a lot of moving my sound through my body whether i need to ground and then moving it up into my um my insight and my connection with my higher power in the universe so sound is amazing
1: when, when you're thinking of those, uh, I'm just curious, do you go into it like, oh, this person is giving me the energy uh, that they have a lot of resentment or anger or frustration? So that's a good time for drums, right, to kind of get that out. Or maybe somebody's feeling sad or grief, so we go into the bowls. Like, does it go like that or is it more, is it based on something else?
3: I think that whatever, you know, whatever you're open to, it's about balancing it out. So you could have a multiple, like you're not going to have a room of people in a drum circle or in a sound healing that are all, some people are going to feel real chilled. Other people are going to come in they're all, so it's, it's what it is. It's about creating a balance where the vibration is like, you know, a lot of people call it high or the, like you felt amazing or you felt great, but maybe you just felt more balanced because it's really about balancing Balancing our energy, balancing. Like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with chakras, but the seven main chakras are there. So you have the root, sacral, the, the navel, the heart, the throat, the third eye, and the crown. Their energy, their energies, um, they're also nerve centers in our body. And so it's not about having any of that more than the other. Like, oh, well, I live in my heart. No, because if you live do you ever see someone who lives in there like they just fell in love? <laughs> and you're like when they're fluttering around and stuff and you're like, boy, they need to put their feet on. Because we use terms like that. Like, wow, like you tell your children when they're misbehaving, you're grounded. Okay, because they need to get grounded. Or, you know, when somebody's angry, you tell, you know, you, you feel like they need to be in their heart more, because we just need to have balance we use those terms um i can't think of any right now but, but in real life we subconsciously just use them um all the time the grounding your kid is one of them it's like okay we got to scratch this craziness and get our feet on the ground
1: hmm yeah you talk about that and you say balance and and the thing i think that maybe and, and this is just for me I, you know i make up my own shit but it, it sounds like you know i'm listening to this this sound healing And then I get in tune with myself. You know, it's like a tune up. It's getting me to the right frequency to vibrate with myself, I guess. And maybe like I'm walking around the world, vibrating a little off from where I'm at, trying to, you know, meet all the demands or please all the people. And then maybe this this sound kind of brings balance by getting me in tune, right? It gives me the vibration I need. Um, I think somebody else wanted to have a question.
2: So one thing, Denise, uh, having left um, this the session that you did, feeling so great and not having kind of another opportunity necessarily on the horizon, one thing that I was curious about was, I mean, is is there value to going onto YouTube and trying to find, you know someone doing sound healing bowls there, or do you actually need to physically be in the room? with the instrument that's making the vibrations like can can you can you do it virtually I guess is is
3: is my question yes I mean I think I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of YouTube and um, whatever you know whatever is the next best thing obviously feeling the real vibration is is best but then the next best thing would be maybe listen to this, you know, being part. I think there's something that happens in a group with real people, even in meditation. There's something that happens. There's a connection. It's, it's bigger. It's more profound, but then you layer it down, you say, well, this is my next best option. But I think the thing with that is that we can get isolated and kind of be on our own. And I think that that groups and being with people are very fair therapeutic and, um, so I think there's a merging and a ba- and a balance with that. You know, the other thing too, there is a book, it's called the humming effect, which you know, I um I took a course with um Jonathan and Andy Goldman. And um, so five minutes of humming, right? They did blood work. And so there are physical things that happen in the body when and this is just because I have the research on this, but I'm sure there are studies with across the board when sound on healing as well but like your oxytocin goes up which is your hormone. your nitric oxide levels go up which creates expansion in your blood vessels right your your blood pressure is lowered so um your cortisol is lowered because it works it's like but with humming it's like five minutes yeah. the five minutes then it gets too high. It gets too high. So they have like this humming that you do. It's a technique. It's a practice. It's all practice. You know, and some days the practice goes well, and some days the practice is hard. Right? And that's why I think that's what, you know, in, um, you're familiar with Patanjali Sutra or the Eight Limbs of Yoga. There's a part in there where they talk about the obstacles, you know, and so we give up. don't get benefits right away or we get lazy or it gets hard or so what are the obstacles that block us from continuing because the word here is practice it's just practice um i have not been cured i still have you know i'm still in the practice i'm still learning i could study forever it's just such a beautiful world and wealth of information that i'm fascinated by it
1: what role do you think that intention plays going into like a sound healing and maybe even a holistic healing in general? And then from there, how do you decide how you're going to set your intentions for different sessions of sound healing?
3: So that's a great question because Andy and Jonathan Goldman, they talk about, they have a formula and it's called, so it's called, um, where I wrote it down somewhere intention plus sound equals healing mm. so that is really important and i'm glad you asked that because setting the intention because we could just make lots of noise right and i don't know if that's a good thing or not but so like when i do whenever i do any type of healing or meditation or, or sound and i think caroline will remember this is that we set intention like the intention I did at the sound healing was for healing and um I don't remember exactly but it's always for healing and when I do private sessions I also either I set the intention for the session based on what I'm experienced with my client or I ask them to set an intention. At the Sankopa um you do it in yoga nidra you do it in a lot like so it's really is important intention is very important the other thing too just in personal meditation separate maybe even from sound is one of the things i think is really important is for people to say i am now beginning my meditation this is my intention i am now ending my meditation so that it's not Mm -hmm. vague for a stroll, and then we're like, Well, that was my meditation. I think it's important to set that intention like, this is what I'm doing, so that we, you know, it just it, for me personally in my practice, it I, I get a better experience from it.
1: I don't know that this is necessarily sound healing in itself, but with you talking about these variety of ways, you know, we make sound, we hum, all these different things. My meditation teacher always talks about having kind of an active breathing in the beginning of our meditations because it it helps to focus the mind right you're not only focusing on the breathing but the act that you're doing as well and one of the ones he uses he calls ocean breath and i know it has a fancy name and i don't know what the hell it is cuz i can't pronounce all that but okay yeah there you go i had a feeling you would know um but he talks about some of the benefit of it is you know you it's So if anybody wants to know what it is, it's like fogging up a mirror, but instead of breathing out your mouth, you're coming out your nose, which sounds weird when you first say it, but if you practice it, it's actually kind of fun. Um, But it, it does make a sound while you do it, and he talks about how it's one of his favorites because you're you're doing the practice of the movement inside your body so there's that to focus on an anchor to there's the breathing feel in your your chest stomach and and mouth area and then there's the sound you can also listening listen to that you're making as you're breathing and so it's like this threefold anchor i guess and, and he loves that do you is that like sound healing or is that just kind of a another place to to stay still and centered
3: I I think I definitely think it's sound healing, and I also think you could we could you could do a you know a whole podcast one just breathing. Right, there are so many different breathing techniques that are a way of meditating because then breath becomes the focus. But then with breath, so when you do humming, right, you have both breathing and sound. Mm -hmm. And so you have both. So when you're humming, you're breathing, and breathe and humming for five minutes is harder than you think, but Just, you know, the Ujari breath where you're like constricting the back of your throat, um, chanting and and breathing, like they're all combined and they overlap in in layers. And, you know, I think whatever different things resonate with different people. One of the things I like to do in all all yoga classes that I teach or all meditation classes is there's going to be some point where I have people make sound. I think it's really important that we are, we can be stuck in our voice. And I think, you know, I may, I have people do throat sound, like, uh, like deep heart sounds like deep or deep in the gut sounds. Um, It just, I think it just frees people. It just frees us using, I, I love, the Himalayan bowls, I love the flute, I love the drums, I love all of it, but the thing that I like the best is my own sound. And I never, ever, I was told as a child, don't quit your day job, you might, you're singing out of tune, you know, my, my, as a singer, you know, and I just, I, I refused to believe that my sound was not good. And so, um, a person who would not sing at all, I will I will lead singing in a minute. And it, and, and it's we all can sing. We all our own sound and I think when it comes down to it, it's like it's like the greatest. And I've been forced to do things. Like I, I did drum a um, Native American sweat lodge for a long time and was part of facilitating that. And we needed someone to sing. We needed a singer. And we didn't have a singer. And I said, Well, I guess I'll sing. And so I've all I've been my limits have always been pushed but by, by my own experiences. And I just encourage people to just find your voice, find that place that that touches your heart. Um, because why not?
1: Yeah, when you when you talk about finding your voice, for some reason, that statement just brought together like three things in my head um, from other places, right? Like, the, the one I'm thinking of, um, you know, the ways kids if you ask children in a kindergarten class, hey, uh, who's, who's a singer? Who's an artist? You know, who's a dancer? Everybody raises their hands. And then society does its thing to us. Right. And then by the time we get to high school, you ask for singers, dancers and artists and you might have like two hands. And it's that that societal level, like kind of beating our authenticity or our, you know, being enough out of us almost. Right. And then I thought of like we just had an episode before you with Coda and you were talking about finding your voice. And I'm thinking about the places where people are people pleasers and can't speak up for themselves. And we struggle to find this voice inside of us and how your practice of like doing these sounds from different locations in our body could help that. And then the third one came in and it was like, well, yeah, man, we, we get stuck, right? We, we stuff these emotions and feelings down. Cause we don't know how to express them in our world. And, and they get stuck right in that throat and in that gut and in that chest area. And like, I could just see from a therapy lens, making these sounds could loosen up that, you know, what I call blockages of of old ship in there.
3: Yeah. And so, you know, I've, I've had a lot of yoga retreats, like weekend retreats from Friday to Sunday afternoon. And on Friday night, we would always start with the drum circle. And so there would be like, maybe say if there were 40 people, there would be 10 people dancing. Right. And the rest would be, some would be drumming and maybe there'd be a few singing, but so by Sunday, by Saturday night, actually by Saturday night, everyone in the room would be dancing and singing and moving because we—it's hard to move from the messages that we received in kindergarten. I mean, sometimes I think get over it already, but it's so deeply ingrained that um, we need to be moved. We need to be moved. We need to be shifted, and um, and so a lot of times. I'll watch people and help them when I'm teaching to not really think about where it came from, but just to, it's not about figuring out what caused it. It's more about just moving it. If you want to go book later and go find it, that's fine. But in the meantime, like raise your arms, dance and sing. Like just have some fun. It's so freeing.
1: Do you feel like when you go into a, a, a sound healing session, do you go in already kind of knowing what you're gonna do? Like, oh, this person reached out, they want sound bowls, that's definitely how we're doing it. Or have you ever noticed that like you planned on doing one thing and they show up and you're like, Oh, I need different instruments and tools for this. We gotta do this different. Has that ever happened or
3: so I think, yeah, I think that I have a baseline just like anything else. Like, you know, you have a baseline for your podcast and then it goes where it goes. So I have a baseline of skills and tools. And then, so individually, sometimes I work with people over and over again. So I kind of know, but I get a feeling I get an intuition, like I'm there. I'm more intuition driven than knowledge driven. And I'm not going to discount that I don't have knowledge, but I am intuition driven. And so like for example, what the one that Caroline was in. So a lot of times I move, I, I, I like people to experience the bowls on their body. And I also like to, um, energetically touch people through the sound healing. So sometimes people will say to me, like, I'll touch someone on their heart and then they'll just start to cry or I'll touch someone on their feet or wherever, like I'm, I'm intuitively driven to do that and then they'll say how did you know that and I'll be like I don't know it just was in, in in a knowing it was just a knowing and yeah do I fumble sometimes if I drop the bowl on somebody sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> or like sometimes it's obvious like if a person is not being still in the sound session I'll take my biggest heaviest bowl and put it on their feet so they can't move or so I say so there are, there are trained techniques and then there are, there are intuition generated things. And it just comes from experience, you know, from working with people. Like I've touched thousands. I can't even, I was talking to somebody the other day. I've touched thousands of people. And so sometimes, and sometimes I know when not to touch people. Sometimes, you know, a person will give me a body signal. Like they have their hands are crossed, their legs are crossed. You know, there are different things. So I sometimes it's just reading people's own body language. Yeah, it's all individual. Um, but again, like I said, it's a base training. And like even in like sound healings that I do, I've learned traditional pass down like protocols. So the notes are played in order like my bowls. They each bowl, my set set of seven, each bowl has a note that matches the chakra and they're played in a certain musical order that creates a certain outcome. So it is a training. I don't just ring them randomly. Then after I do the protocol that I want to do, then I can free play. Right. Was within that? So, yeah, it's it's like playing an instrument, which I talked about my family being musicians, and what I found when I went through this training was that I found my musical instrument. Native flute and sound healing bowls are instruments that I can play in, through my heart, through my intuition, not through reading of music. However, I do have notes, um, musical notes for the for my chakra bowls.
1: I, I was picturing uh you dropping a sound bowl on somebody and just, you know, going with it. Like, yeah, I don't I don't know. You must have needed that. Like, that was just part of the part of the thing. It's my knowing.
3: Yeah, we did, did a sex healing some? in this place once. It, I'm not gonna go into all the details, but as soon as I walked in, I was like, so I I had a, a woman that I worked with and her husband, and her husband would help me with uh he played the flute and things. But as soon as we walked in, he walked over to me and he goes, I told her you're know, not gonna like this place. And I'm like, Wow, like what is happening in here? But the whole time that we were facilitating the the um the meditation with the bowls, like there were things happening that like people laying on the floor couldn't see, like like pictures fell off the wall and just energetically it was really crazy and so you just do like I just do things to try to clear the space like ting shells that I played they're used like smudging so instead of burning sage or whatever you can bring ting shawls to clear space and so just sometimes I just have to do whatever because the people came they paid their money they were ready to go and I'm like wow it was just yeah, dropping things, things were falling. It was pretty crazy. You never know You never know what you're going to get when you bring energy and energetics and healing modalities in, into a space. Things are going to happen. So
2: Denise, what would you say to our listeners that maybe are, are interested in this and, and don't have experience and don't really know uh, what resources are available for them to, to start to explore uh, some of these things that we spoke about today?
3: So um, again, YouTube is a great place to go. You can find, you know, the answers to any questions that you have, um, you know, books, reading books. Um, this is, you know, this is how to heal from singing bowls. I don't know. And it's by Soren Saresta, How to Heal with Singing Bowls. That's a resource that I use. That's who I trained with. Um, he wrote that book. And then again, like the humming effect is another one. And they're, or many, many, many more, um, you know, just do a search. It's, it's huge. And you know, your local community, like the yoga studio closest to your house, it's happening everywhere. So if, if, if you're just hearing about it now, then you're. it's time for you to make a move. For some reason you've tuned in and you're ready to find your sound, find your voice, find your vibration somebody else's but sometimes in order to bring ourselves home we have to go out so that we can come back for ourselves
1: thinking about the idea how in therapy you know we don't tend to say that any one therapist is bad or good or whatever but you know we might say that a therapist might not be the right fit for somebody who's coming in to receive therapy um for people who are listening, who are interested in going out and, and maybe exploring the world of sound healing, what would you say might be some signs that they are in the right place for them or, the, or maybe not the right place for them um, that they might pick up on and, and could adjust?
3: Well, I don't know. Um, that's a tough one. I think yeah. that <laughs> that's a tough one because I don't really want to call judgment on things. I, You know, for me... When I, so I start at places that are affordable and practical for everyone. Um, I'm not going to say that I haven't spent a lot of money in trainings because sometimes trainings can be very ex- expensive. But there are a lot of places to go that are. Um, I think when 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 it's too when money feels too forward, mm. it concerns me a little bit. Um, I think if I get a weird vibe and I try it once or twice and I'm like, this isn't a good fit for me, I might just move on. You know, if anybody's doing anything inappropriate, then that would be a place to move on, of course. Um, So, I mean, I like to go to places that are, like I'm going to um, Peace Village, which is donation-based. I've been to, there's, um, The International Meditation Center, which is in Westminster, which is um, donation-based. Very beautiful programs. Um, And, you know, and again, I have paid, you know, to be trained with professionals at times, but I'm very careful and, and and I sort it out. And I always go free is best. Um, I could go on YouTube and learn and learn a lot, but then you know if you need to get certified and stuff like that. That's a whole different thing, and you know you just look around at yoga studios. Most most yoga studios offer all types of meditations and sound, and if you just you know go inward and use your best judgment. I don't know. I think sometimes people are vulnerable when we're searching out healing, and so we're easy to be taken advantage of.
1: Mm, yeah, so you do make. That's a good what point.
3: concerns me because you can get attached to someone, and they might be playing. You could be played on your vulnerability. So that's where the danger comes in because when we're wounded and we're searching, we can be really vulnerable. Um, I don't feel like that in my life, so I think you know. Ask someone else their opinion. What do you think about this class? you? <laughs> okay, so yeah, now I'm getting, like, I'm getting insights. So take a friend with you. Like one time I went with a friend in the program. We went to this meditation and we, we left because she knew, like, I do all these things and I took her with me. And when we left, it was like, I, I said something to her about it. She said, I was thinking the same thing. I just felt like it was bogus. I just didn't like they were real. I just felt like there was some kind of scam going on. And she felt the same thing, but she didn't want to say anything to me. And then when I said it, she was like, yeah, I felt the same way. I'm like, yeah, we're not going to go back there.
1: <laughs> well, so that's, take somebody that's else with yeah. you.
3: Maybe he's not as vulnerable as you are. Um, take a couple people with you. Make it a date night. You know, so don't search alone. Search with mm-hmm. a buddy. It's always better to have a buddy.
1: Once you have decided that sound healing is a, a part of your, you know, coping repertoire, coping, you know, list of things you do, when do you know how to use it? So is this something like I say, oh, you know, I'm going to tune in and adjust and and I'll start with once a month and that's not enough. So now it's every other week. And, and then I landed like, you know what, every Sunday at three o'clock, that's when I sound bowl and that's what keeps me regular. Or is it more for you like. Ah, I'm feeling this certain way. This is a good time when I do sound stuff, and it works for me to kind of relieve that. Is it more of like a in the moment practice for you, or more of like a, I do this every so often to keep myself balanced and and tuned in?
3: Well, you know, I work with the bowls, not every day, but almost every day, because I'm working with clients. So I my sound bowls all all the time, and even though I'm using I'm using them in a session, I am still receiving the vibrations. So a lot of times, even though I'm doing the session, I'm still I'm still receiving it. Um, any opportunity. Like I'm going to a upcoming retreat and there's sound healing on the on the venue. Like I'm I'm signing up. I'm doing it, whatever it is. And 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 um and in my yoga practice, which because I have a knee injury, I'm a runner, too, but I have a knee injury. So I've been doing a lot more yoga. Um, I do it. I do some type of sound healing every time whether it's a humming or a, just a three minute chant or home um, or whatever it is. I just, it's important to sound, you know, I did sound before doing this talk, you know, I was just uh, saying words and they made me feel happy, <laughs> you know, so, um, I did my Superman pose because I learned that. And I did some sound healing. I put my head back and I chanted, I chanted the word freedom. I chanted the word free. Um, and then I felt happy. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot. Gotcha. You know, Got gotcha. um, We forget. I forget. You know, I had a procedure done on my leg Friday and I've been limping it around and dragging my leg and and all this kind of stuff And then when I woke up this morning and I got and I'm like I forget I forget that there's healing available to me like I don't have to wallow in myself but sometimes I just choose to go down that rabbit hole And it's we're not it's not it's not and it's a daily reprieve it's a day at a time. Like the sound healing that I did last week is not going to fix the vibration that I'm having today. Mm. Or, you know, the breath work that I did yesterday, I need to do breath work today. Maybe it might, I mean, I have an accumulative healing, so it might kill me for a little bit, but eventually I'm going to, my rhythm is going to be clanging again. Um. So it's, it's, I know humans, we want it to be quick, fast, easy and permanent and it's not and that's the hard. that's the hardest realization that it's a you know it is really truly a day at a time whether you're in recovery or you're just a person walking on on the earth Um, i don't separate it i don't call it yoga for recovery i don't call it sound healing for recovery i think that we're all in it together you know um when it comes to finding our spiritual path we can now i can now merge with at some point after being clean and finding a spiritual path, I can merge into the world as a whole. And again, like I said, in the beginning, I do stay clean in the 12 step fellowship, but I have been given the opportunity to be part of the whole and to see it that, and to see it that way that I am not separate. I'm not different um, from other people.
1: Denise, is there anything that we didn't ask today that you feel like is super pertinent to a sound healing or or how to get started or any any other information that you thought you just definitely wanted to share here today?
3: I, I think um not really. I think we covered most most everything. Um well we didn't cover everything, but for in this amount of time. I just think that um, you know, I was actually reading something in the spirit in the um the new na book the spirit spiritual principle a day book and it just talked about being yourself and so i read that right before i came on here because i i sometimes want to be everybody i want to be other people i want to say what other people are saying and what i told myself was just be yourself have fun and share the truth as you know it and so what i you know you know, one of the things that I've been really working on this year with my clients is so I'm going to end with this, but it's been very profound. And so I work with people and do massage every, you know, how many a week. And, you know, everyone knows where their stress is. There's my stress, my stress. It's in my leg. It's in my back. And so what I have done and what I ask people when they're on my table or I'm doing a sound healing is I ask them to. Find where their joy is. Where is your joy? Because it's in there. And so to shift from finding our stress to finding our pain to finding, looking in within myself and my physical self, my emotional self, and my spiritual self, sometimes I just lay on my floor and I ask myself, where is my joy? And um, it's in there. Is it in my voice? Is it in my hands? Is it in my craft? Where is my joy? It's been a huge shift. It was kind of my New Year's, my New Year's um, insight. And so what I encourage people to do is ask yourself, look for your joy. And then, you know, if you don't, if you don't find it, keep looking because it's there. Thanks. And Denise, thank, you, okay. thank you guys for having me. It's been wonderful.
1: Sorry, I jumped in too soon, Denise. That's for anybody so who is, who's listened to you today and loved what you've had to say, and, and thinks, man, maybe this is the person I want to go to. Whether they are, do you do anything virtual? Are you available out of state to people? Or
3: not? No, I do whatever people me. So somebody wanted to do something, so whatever comes to me is what I do. Like I don't advertise. I don't have a website. People come to me from word of mouth. I use Facebook to set up events so i'm denise anthony and i'm on facebook um so you could you know you could find me you could say i heard so you have to be specific because i'll accept people who i don't know but if you said sent me a message and said i heard you on a podcast i'm interested in discussing some things with you or would like to have a session with you whether it be in person or virtual then um i would respond to you um that would probably be you know the best the best contact i do have an email it is send to denise at comcast.net and that is s e n d t o d e n i s e at comcast.net so you could send me an email as well
1: perfect perfect so anybody that wants to get in touch with Denise about doing sound healing can follow them. They will be in our show notes right underneath this episode. And uh, if you're interested in sound healing, just in general, look for the local yoga studios, you know, search it online. Google's a a wealth of information in this day and age and, and go out there and try it out, man. There's, there's definitely nothing bad about gathering more information, right? Either I can try this and it works or it doesn't work for me or whatever you think of it. Um, But yeah, go out there and, and live and, hum and whistle and any other thing that makes a noise so that you can heal. Thank you again, Denise. Yes, thank
3: Thank you, you Denise. Denise. Thank you so much.
1: Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us.